the Esports Racing League and all of its various counterparts have been absolutely dominated so far by Team Redline. But that all changed thanks to this man, this team and that event. Uh, Alex, great to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us on our brand new live version of VCO Studio. Uh, firstly, uh, let's talk about uh, that success and, and how important that particular success has been to you. Yeah, hello Ben. Uh, good to be here. Um, no pressure. First one back live for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I, I got to correct you straight away. You said you know it's somewhat to do with me, and really, um, it wasn't. You know, it's the drivers. They they were the ones that have um, put all the hard work in over this past sort of twelve, eighteen months, and uh, been knocking on the door of the top teams and trying to um, basically knock them off their pedestal. You know, there's a few teams out there that we look up to in terms of trying to be as competitive, have always have done since the very creation of Apex back in 2012. You know, Redline were there um, back in the day and, um, you know, Coanda were there as My3ID back in the day. You know, those were the teams that we looked up to and wanted to, to aspire to, to, you know, Eat, essentially and um, it's great that I mean okay it's taken 10 years but uh, you know we're here there now and I think um, it's pretty uh, it's pretty clear to see that you know we're gonna keep pushing and try and um, take those top steps the most we can. Is it something that you've recognized within the organization that everything has stepped up to a point where you are able to fight with Redline. Is it obvious to you from the behaviour of your drivers, from the way that you have uh, kind of formulated the team and the way that you've pushed your facilities and the way that you look after the team? Well, I think there was a bit of an ethos change maybe back in 2018. We're all at the Sim Racing Expo. Um, we had a, a, a big plan to basically see how we could push the team on into a new direction. Uh, specifically for the drivers, it was all about becoming full-time professional sim racers. How is it possible? What do we need to achieve to do that? And that's really where we kind of changed our mindset. And we were like, right, that's, you know, it's no longer are we playing a game. Um, you know, we wanted to take this as seriously as we absolutely could. Uh, and I think that's kind of what's made the difference is this just big shift in our sort of mindset. Um, everything we do now is, I don't want to say it's, um, it's micromanaged, but everything is kind of looked at and reviewed, debriefed. How can we improve? What mistakes did we make? Even on like the Daytona race, for example, where we won this year's 24 hour race, there was a big long review. We picked up a load of points that, you know, we can improve on because if those mistakes are still there, then um, there's the chance that, you know, we might not win the next one. So this, this constant evolution in kind of our mindset and how, you know, what you need to do to beat these teams, you know, they are so good. Um, I, I don't, uh, mind um, sort of uh, admitting it, they are absolutely the fiercest competition competition we've got out there and we have to absolutely bring our A game to do it. So I think that's what's made the big difference is the drivers really this willingness now to change, right? They, they know that they're doing it full time now and um, they, they want to win and they want to shine on the world stage kind of thing. So it's, um, yeah, it's crazy how it's changed and it really was from that 2018 date, this, suddenly this just evolution for us. 
and this is obviously pre uh, pre the pandemic when so many things in the world of sim racing took a next level and a step up you were already in that process as far as i understand you're actually sitting in apex racing's office right now aren't you that you, you have a facility which so many teams don't yeah so um i mean i will yes yeah, so uh, we started to talk about it before covid um i this was certainly not on the plans before COVID, I have to say. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we have been somewhat fortunate with um, what has happened in terms of how um, sim racing has expanded over that period of time. And, we, you know, we've got to thank a lot of the um, real sort of motorsport manufacturers, a lot of the um, real life um, drivers for getting involved and pushing our sport massively forward you know we I, we wouldn't be where we are um now i think when we had visions of doing this originally it was perhaps something similar to coanda's sort of team's um house that they kind of had but um yeah as it as it was with um restrictions with um with, with covid and how many people can be in close proximity and some uk legislations um we, we basically had to go the commercial route which is why we've got yeah um essentially two office um blocks right next door to each other and um yeah so one has been converted for the drivers which is their apartments that they live in um so we've got two two bed apartments and underneath that we've kind of got like storage spares um and there are some overnight rooms for sort of um boot camp guests um that can stay for like the weekend and get you know coaching from the guys uh as well or just um you know other teammates that might be you know traveling over from like france or spain they can come and stay as well and then um yeah we have our sort of our office administration area in the other building um where we have some support guys our studio and then downstairs it's kind of like our competition zone where we have sort of 12 simulators all set out some for customers and then we've got our, our little um, ART room, which is kind of dedicated to the to the pro guys. Yeah, so I, I really didn't think that we were going to go that crazy um, with it to start off with. And <laughs> you know, I, have to, I have to thank our um, sponsor as well and, um, and, and team partner, which is Virtual Racing School. So they really have kind of helped us to make that happen. You know, without those guys, it wouldn't have been uh, it wouldn't have been possible for sure. So many of the sim racing teams, uh, well, kind of taught the real world to work online. And obviously, during the pandemic, we saw all productions and uh, all offices being uh, separated. And so many of the offices around the world, uh, whether we're talking banking, insurance, or, or sport, or whatever, they stayed away. They, they haven't gone back to the office environment. Whereas uh, you have developed an office environment for something that can if it needs to operate in completely online level what makes the office environment um important to you and do you think it adds a layer of of um performance to to what you do yeah exactly that i mean 
you're right it's completely odd it's completely backwards i mean the estate where we are you know the car parks are still empty hardly anybody has come back we're mostly the only ones here now even though restrictions are pretty much fully lifted so it's very it's very odd for sure um in terms of what it gives us is uh, initially like it's instantaneous communication makes a difference i mean and yes i know we have platforms like discord and Teamspeak and you know forums that you can um talk and discuss on but actually um, doing your test session with your teammate and just being able to turn your head and have a little conversation, talk setups, um, let's say the debriefings before, strategy calls um, that can all be planned beforehand. It just makes such a difference to have that um, sort of in-person communication going on. You throw on top of that the actual atmosphere that it creates. It's you know as um, as great as an atmosphere again can be on your you like your Discord and things like that. There is nothing quite like when you are all competing in the same venue. Everything's kind of going to plan, and you g everybody else up. And um, you know um, form is a huge thing in racing. And um, when the team's doing well, it kind of drags everybody up. Of course. It, can have the negative effect that uh, you know if we're not doing well and the results aren't going right it can pull them down and that's where we you know I saw myself and like Lee Thompson and some of the other support guys we kind of kind of g the guys up to uh, um, to um, kind of look at what they can do um, but yeah the most important thing is that kind of really quick um, communication that uh, that goes on um, there's just there's just nothing like it that you can do when you're dealing with people remotely and i to some extent like there's still we've got a few drivers that are still remotely like i'm desperately trying to get johan over to the uk so he can be part of it um you know there's a whole can of worms that i could go into um with um with that but i won't and um you know that would massively help um, him as well we do a lot of um sort of mental training together as well there's the gym that we've kind of got here as well you know all the guys can work out so we're just oh. trying to find as many little areas for small micro improvements in their performance that you just can't do and you can't manage remotely that you can when everybody's together all the things you're talking about all the things uh that you are, are telling us and you know, the people involved it all costs money uh, are you now finding that there is a support within the industry to be able to fund teams like yourself or are you really kind of still waiting for that moment to come and investing for the future yeah i mean it's a it's a tough one to say certainly there are um teams out there that have got really amazing backing and um you know they've developed the sure. right connections and things like that and you know they're able to sustain themselves using that model um, I have always been a little bit um, cautious of going down that route only because um, your business lives and breathes um, on your uh, essentially your partnerships and if they go then everything goes with it and um, I would hate to have yeah. to strip all this down um, just because you know we lost a, a critical partner and um, so we have very much tried to um, look at sim racing community as a whole in kind of all the different areas so that's why we have like the academy service that where we you know try and help people to improve their own driving provide services that are good value for um, for money in terms of setup packs and um, sort of group coaching sessions things like that 
um, SDK Gaming, obviously giving those um, sort of streamers and broadcasting a nice little software platform, as well as the HUD that a lot of people actually use. It was um, just uh, it surprised me how many people just use the HUD for the extra information. And um, yeah, we have like our own leagues that we put out there, our own broadcasting service. So all these sort of bolt-on services that we yeah. put for the business, that's what kind of that's what pays the bills essentially um you know and we, we've got to we've got to thank every one of the people who enjoy our services and um you know use them as well because without them we wouldn't be doing any of this right now you know so it's just it's all down to their support which you know we're all very grateful for i think even i've raced in one of the uh, championships that you broadcast a few years back and and yes. paid some money for to do so well, thank you. So, <laughs> well, exactly. Um, let's talk about platforms, uh, because one of the big things that I still love and bang on about is the idea that a sim racer is a sim racer, not an iRacing sim racer or a race room sim racer or an R Factor 2 specialist. If you are a great sim racer, then you should be a great sim racer across platforms. And that's a very hard thing to be. But that's what the uh, EWC and ERLs are, are kind of trying to uh, encourage. Is that something that's very important to you to, to make sure your team is multifaceted across different platforms? Or are you happy to try and specialize in one or two? No, absolutely. We want to um, we want to branch out. I mean, we obviously enjoy iRacing. It's our bread and butter. It's what we all essentially, uh, it's what the team grew up on, um, competing in absolutely every competition that we uh, that we could do. It's why we seem to excel in these kind of multi-platform championships. Um, but absolutely, we really this year has been the kind of like, right, we must, absolutely must, branch out into um, things like R-Factor, ACC. Obviously, the new Ren Sport that's coming out is very exciting for us because it's a level playing field for everybody um, on that. So we're trying to be as involved in that as we possibly can. Um, but yeah, and, that, and that's, again, not from a purely competition side as well. That is the business as a whole. So, you know, we want to start to look at um, pushing out um, you know, uh, value-added services to our factor um, users where we can, and ACC and Rensport as well, um, and 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 not to exclude any others that I may have missed in there, because there, you know, there's there's so many um, automobilista, uh, race room, you know, whenever a competition comes up, we definitely want to start to take a look at it and take it seriously. So, um, yeah, hopefully watch this space for the development of our um, wider team getting involved in these um, cross-platform championships. How hard is it, though, to tell your a certain team manager, sorry, a certain team driver to, to right, we need you to try ACC because we want to be in the SRO Esports arena because we know that there are manufacturers there. Um when they are ultimately just a fan of iRacing uh, that have ended up being a professional iRacer. Uh, is there a little bit of arm twisting and do you have to try certain different drivers to see which one fits to the certain different platforms? I have to drag them kicking and streaming, Ben. <laughs> no, to be fair, they're pretty, they're pretty good. Um, I mean, there are some that just don't click with certain platforms and 
yeah. you know, it's in our interest as a team to obviously put the best team out there that we can. So, you know, we definitely give everybody an opportunity to have a test, see how it goes. And, you know, we'll pick the, you know, five or six best drivers to put their name forward to, to whichever competition we're going. So, um, yeah, some drivers are very much like, I really just want um, iRacing. Um, or they may be like iRacing and R Factor or iRacing and ACC. Um, and I think it's important that we don't sort of just push everybody into doing everything as well, because you also get lost in what you're trying to achieve on your sort of, you know, your day to day competition. So, especially when for, for us, like at the start of the year, it's very iRacing focus with, um, you know, we have the Porsche. Um, Takura Esports Super Cup as well as the Porsche GB Carrera Cup um, and BMW Sim Cup all going on at that. There's a lot of special events, Daytona, Sebring, Watkins. So we are, you know, we kind of leave our absolute sort of eye racers to kind of do the thing. And then we drag a couple of people out just to do some of these other events. It also gives us an opportunity for us to bring like our academy drivers into our ART team to give them a run out as well and kind of get them used to this, to um, the different platforms. So, um, yeah, it, it's a balancing act for sure, but um, one that um, I, I feel like we're doing a better job now and we're starting to see more drivers pick up another sim. Okay, uh, and that's very, very interesting to hear, certainly from my point of view. I, I, I would want to see the very best be the very best across uh, across everything. Um, so, you know, we, you, we've talked about iRacing quite heavily. We've talked about this, the special events uh, that you've been so successful in. But do, do you do you see that those special events need the backing of the likes of VCO to actually make them, these days, make them more credible, make them valuable to a team like yourself to win? Because, yes, there's one thing winning a special event and it's great kudos, but actually... Only since VCO came in, did they even award trophies? Um, so, you know, should there be should there be more coming from these platforms to to try and support teams like yourself entering these special events, or is it enough that they're just still special events? I racing run them, and the best of the best win them. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting one. I mean, I think if you ask the drivers, if a driver had the opportunity to do a special event with some prize pool um, in there as well, I think you know they would want to they'd want to choose the prize pool one. Um, but that's not to sure. take away anything in terms of the special events as well, because um, the like you say, it's the it's the street cred, it's the rep, isn't it, for when you can win one of those? Like we. I tell you, the biggest celebration of a win we have done was the Daytona 24. You know, we were out in the car park, we were spraying the the fake champagne and everything else like that. You know, we've won other um, events, um, prize pool paying and things like that. And, you know, yes, we've been happy and things like that, but we haven't quite celebrated that. So I don't know. There is just something about the special events. It doesn't need all that extra kind of oomph to get the teams um, into it. You know, it's such a big thing to to, to win one of those. Um, yeah, and, I, you know, to some extent, I hope there isn't this kind of gravitation to try and pull people out of those official series special events to do something alongside it just to kind of get, you know, like 
quote unquote like oh this is an esports special event or something like that so mm. um sometimes it's good that we just go out there and race for the street cred you know <laughs> uh one last sort of deep question for you as a team owner uh the red line have always been very celebrated with their driver lineups that are uh with so many real world drivers um that can pop in and out of any event and, and obviously the vto uh, pro sim event partnered real-world drivers with sim racing counterparts uh, and giving the idea and using those real-world drivers to try and add promotional value. Uh, is there a target for you? Is there a desire to have more real-world drivers within your team, uh, maybe for the, the likes of ProSim or just simply for the, for the marketing purposes? Does it, does it help you bring in sponsors as well? Um, it's a tricky one, um, to be honest. I mean, there's there's a couple of different levels to that as well, I think. So, yes, obviously, we do need some have in some competitions, some, you know, IRL associations so that we can compete in, like, say, the VCO Pro um, series. Um, we, uh, I, um, I, I guess the whole team, we don't want um, an IRL driver to be just in there because they are an IRL driver. So if you are a member mm. of ART, it's because you have a vested interest in the sport that we are doing. Um, we want to compete at the highest level in sim racing um, and you need to be active um, to be doing that as well, you know, not just kind of once uh, once a year or something like that. So it is really important that those IRL drivers we do get do sim race regularly now obviously redline absolutely have that blend extremely well you know they've got a lot a lot of active guys um that do real world racing and are very quick in the sim and jump in frequently enough that they're kind of active you know so that's kind of what we're trying to do and i think um one of the good things that we're doing with the academy right now is that we have a few sort of irl guys in the mix um there that we're trying to develop them um in terms of the sim be active on the sim uh, and build them from sort of the ground up you know as they're coming through the junior formulas um and maybe into you know uh, uh, let, let's hope you know formula one or something like that it'd be lovely to sort of get them in there from you know early days um and build some sort of team loyalty with it as well so yeah it's tricky we don't just want anyone just to come in just kind of represent and just put the you know do the odd um social media tweet or something like that we want them to be an actual integrated part of the team and want to sort of you know share in our success great answer um well I, I, we're coming up to the end of our chat it seems to have gone very very quickly um it just is. quickly give us an idea of where we're moving uh, with ART and what are, you, what are your ambitions uh, for the future? Where do you want to see the team? Yeah, so, I mean, we want to obviously be competing as we're competing now across all platforms. That's, a, that's the key thing. So in terms of the team, uh, you know, I'd love to see the kind of, I mean, I don't want to be... I'd, <laughs> How do I say this? I don't want to be too big-headed with it as well, but you know, I would pitch us in top five teams in iRacing on any day. Um, you know, maybe even a little bit higher um, in on some cars and some series. Um, and I would like us to be in that same group across all the platforms, especially your R Factor and your ACC. 
um, so that, you know, the things like ERWC, we absolutely are, you know, one of the favorites and things like that. So I really, there's a huge push to try and get that from the team front. And then on everything else that we're kind of doing, it's, there's going to be this gentle push to try and branch out into all the other platforms as well, just to grow um our business um and to be able to support you know additional people in the industry i mean i you know it's a huge success story for me that you know i've got some full-time um sim racing administration sort of staff as well you know that's it they're employed full-time to work in sim racing you know they do social medias they're league admins they um, do all sorts of things you know who who would have thought there would have been such a position a few years ago so more of that more of that more opportunities for um people like that to kind of come and develop and it trying to imitate somewhat yeah like your league of legends style um esports teams out there and um, your dotas and all that kind of stuff that's what i would love to see us progressing towards and um yeah if anyone has seen the um i think it's, is it the hundred thieves um uh facility that they um revealed um on uh, youtube like that place is absolutely amazing and that's kind of what i the inspiration really was for the sim center so you know that uh, that to me is kind of like the goal if we could ever get something that amazing like i'd be like yeah done so <laughs> that's i think what we're going to try and work <laughs> towards I mean, I think you already have uh, got a huge level um, above so many other teams and performance-wise doing so well and so many different aspects to Apex, and which seems to be working very well. Alex, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's you. great to speak with you and thank you for being number one guest on the, on the new live version of VCO Studio. Yeah, thank you. The plan is that we'll be here every Tuesday evening, seven o'clock local time uh, in Europe, and we will bring you the very biggest and very best guests from the world of sim racing with myself, Ben Constantinus, once more at the helm of the VCO Esports Studio. Until next time, though, enjoy your sim racing. Bye bye. <laughs>